bit.ly slash pile. We do the curating so you don't have to. And the purpose of this podcast is to let you in on our editorial process. Um, So we read through submissions and every now and then we go, this should be on the podcast. And then we write the authors and ask them for permission. And then we bring this to you. So we're going to be reading some poems in a minute and discussing them. I can barely contain my exuberance because um, Marion Wren is in the studio. Hello. 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 It's lovely to be sitting in sunny Philadelphia and at the table with Britt and Kathleen. Um, and actually, one of the things I love about this podcast is it reminds me of what a good poem does is actually make me want to talk about it with yeah. my friends and my colleagues and relative strangers. Um, <laughs> slushies, that's you, the relative strangers. Yeah. We're related to you. Um, and to my left is Britt. Britt, Hello. I'm back. <laughs> Been here in Philly. Still here. <laughs> still here. Yeah. Britt is our co-op for the rest of the summer. And um, up in New York, we have Jason. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm back in my office. It is so hot here. Is it so hot in Philadelphia? It is. It's very muggy. It is so hot. Um, and I am not hungover. Good. Totally promise. That's good. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm in I'm in lovely Tribeca at my office. Nice. Yay. Yeah, we're on campus today too. Well, obviously, we're it's, here in the studio. It sucks to be hungover in humidity though. It really sucks to be hungover in like hot humidity. That's like a particular version of suckedness. So I'm glad you're not hungover, Jason. It's it's a good thing that I'm not. Yeah. It's all about dehydration. Just drink it's, water yeah. and you'll never be hungover Ever. again. Thank you. But be careful about the overhydration. Why? What happens? It's, it's oh, um, like I didn't water tell you. Out of your oh, um, if you overhydrate, yeah. um, you can actually flush. I mean, you have to drink like like seven gallons of water. Like you have to drink an obscene amount of water. What happens? Um, but if you overhydrate, you can actually flush out all of your electrolytes and you have to be hospitalized. Um, um, or even worse, oh, there was a mom. Die. There was a mom who did some contest where you had to drink a lot and not pee. And like everybody had to have their hand on a car and you were going to win oh. the car and an Xbox. Don't quote me on any of this, but oh this is the fact I know. It was a mom trying to win something and you had to keep your hand on a thing. And so she yeah, couldn't go body. pee, That's right? Yeah. But it was like hot or whatever. And she was drinking, 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 drinking water and she died. Shut yeah. the f- what yeah. the? Yeah. And it happens in the services too. Sometimes when people are in um, early military different services and they're going through all the training and drilling all the time they drink 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 but they're like made to do this or that and not go pee and they die you can die from overhydration yeah but, so oh god good lord we, we, we actually heard exactly that story from the doctor so my husband died overhydrated okay um, a couple weeks so ago. let's be That's mindful of our water <laughs> intake and make sure we all pee wait a minute wait a minute that happened to michael for real yeah, yeah. What was his symptoms? How did you know something was really happening? I didn't. I was out of town. I was in Provincetown. Okay. Um, how did he know? He became incoherent. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. So he went to the ER? No. Well, he called an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just knew something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and the doctor actually told us exactly that story about the woman who was drinking the water as part of the radio contest. Um, but yeah, your symptoms can include confusion, um, if you over, if you, if you actually overhydrate, 
um, yeah, you get you get kind of confused and out of it, and you like need to because your your kidneys, your body can't flush it. Like your kidneys can't process it fast enough. That's just a horror um, story. And then and then you flush out your electrolytes, and then you need those. And it's it's also you can't like don't try to rehydrate on your own. Like it actually it can actually like if you if you um, if you get too many electrolytes too fast, it can actually be really bad too. Good lord! Okay, and it, and it, it's bad for your heart. I have yeah. to say, in Abu Dhabi, the the fear is that kids are dehydrated all the time. So when you pee. Yeah. At the school, there are posters in the back of the bathroom doors that like give you a ranking for like the color of your pee, <laughs> right? Like if it's dark brown, there's a problem, right, right? Right. And if it's nice and light, then that means you've hydrated, right? Yeah. So it's so interesting to think about overhydrating because that's never part of the conversation. <laughs> ever. It, was part, it was part of a bad drug interaction. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would have happened like yeah. like most under most circumstances. Like it is very like. Slushies, you are not in danger of overhydration under normal circumstances. If you're thirsty, drink water. Um, like, don't don't be like afraid of water. It's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it is it is something that can happen. And you know, it's kind of like you know, if you cross the street, you might get hit by a car. So you follow the stoplights and you do it safely. Right. Okay. Well, that's our PSA for today. Well, lots of conflicting information because I've also heard that your pee should be the color of water. If your pee's clear, you're drinking enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's supposed clear. to be like on the light side. It can't it be on the dark side. Tint. If it's dark, then you got a problem. Anyway. Yeah. So what a segue to, to Samantha, who's oh, out in no. the world and actually not in the desert for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> um, my name is Samantha. Um, I work with Marion at NYU, but currently I am in Portland. So no one is in NYU right now from DBQ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad to hear that. So Are you enjoying well. the donuts? I'm going to have one today. I haven't had one yet. So <laughs> I'm excited. Jason, I, did you make it to the donuts when we were there? So our hotel, we when we were in it. Portland for the Associated Writing Programs Conference, our hotel was literally across the street from the second location of Voodoo Donuts. Uh-huh. So we ate a lot of donuts. <laughs> you know what? If I would have known that at the time, I would have asked you to grab us one because I never got to them because I, we didn't see them until the Sunday. Marion was already gone and I was wandering around by myself and the line was more than a block in the middle yeah. midday on a Sunday. No, there's, there's like, a, it's like the lines at Disney world. Yeah. Um, but because we were there, because we were right on top of it and it's open 24 hours. Like we could just, you know, like it, we, uh, I, I never stood in line. That's uh, awesome. And I, and I will say, thanks in, for keeping that in, to yourself, Jason. I, I apologize. In, in, I, as a New Yorker, when I got there, I was like, what are these stupid novelty donuts? <laughs> I have no time for your ridiculous whimsy and donut making. And then they were, <laughs> They were the best donuts in the world. And I actually, like, I'll wake up and think about Voodoo Donuts. And just, wow. oh, those were so good. good. Have you had federal donuts in Philadelphia? I have not. Okay. Well, we're going to do a donut challenge. Okay. <laughs> I will, but I, so have you had dough donuts in New York? No. Okay. We, you have to go to the original location. Okay. Uh, if you get them, if you get, I mean, now they're everywhere. If you get them, like you have to go to the original location. Okay. Where's the original location? What area? Um, six blocks from my house. That's what I thought, Jason, because you took me there once. You are the king of donuts. Right? They were miraculous. I they know. Giant, I love donuts. It's so it's, it's embarrassing. Donuts. Yes. <laughs> no. You know what? We should put on our podcast page a link to Jason Pop and Squats. Oh. You'll see that he can eat all the donuts he wants. 
<laughs> you think that's true? I started. I started doing a nutrition program. Uh huh. Um, and I and I have to keep track of like what I eat, and it kind of wants me to weigh my food, and I was like, that's a little bit much. Um, but I I was I was in I was meeting someone at a Starbucks to have a, a, a we're talking about comp ret writing studies, and I got like a piece of of pie, and I was like trying to put it into my um, nutrition tracker, and it was like no. <laughs> no, like that that amount of fat is not allowed for you today. And I was like, what? but I but I I, I I'm eating it. <laughs> like like half, I'm eating it. And it was like, no, no, there there is no no, there is no pie in your meal today. I like that you addressed it app, but app, I'm eating yeah. it. Dear like app. Dear app. Um, there's a good segue. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, dear app. Dear app. Um, because one of these poems is a deer. Is I was there, about is, to say, are we just not even going to discuss poetry today and just talk about, about peeing and donuts right, and right. humidity? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's better that we do get to the poems. Okay. So, um, I am thrilled to say that we have three poems to discuss today, all uh, from Tanya Gray. Um, I never do this, but I'm going to reveal one little bit of something that is um interesting because we've never done this before. Mm-hmm. I never talk about this. Um. All three of these poems are in a collection that's coming out this fall. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we get to it fast enough, we can still publish them and even be acknowledged. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that we should say because they are of a piece in that they are all um, homage poems or poems after other poems. Right. All three of the ones that we're going to discuss. So. So we have so much to discuss uh conceptually as well as these poems specifically and the very first um thing to discuss is that our first poem here by tanya gray is the unfaithful housewife and if you can um picture the lorca slushies it's a skinny singular column right but she's chosen isn't it uh, yeah yes. but we should say what the lorca is okay, okay. Yeah. go yeah. ahead well, it, it's the unfaithful housewife. And right underneath of that is the attribution, right? Where it says like after Federico Garcia Lorca slash after Connor O'Callaghan. So that's what you meant right. by. Well, I meant the, the unfaithful housewife is the Lorca. A, the, a Lorca poem. Got it. Right. And right. this is has the same title. And then she attributes both the poet and the translator. Um, but what I was saying is the original poem mm-hmm. is one skinny column. Right. So our first question is, this is in... Um, kind of uh, two line stanzas that are staggered horizontally, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to just keep on talking for another minute here. We actually um, discussed this poem at a meeting and then decided we should do it on the podcast. That's and I'll right. talk more about that when we get to it. But we read it straight across and that worked. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's what I was hoping to hear from yeah. this group. Too. Oh, I mean, like, as you'll you see read it, it to silos or do you read it across? The no, page? you definitely read work. it across the yeah. page. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I do have a bit of a cold and uh, uh, who would like to do this? You want to do this, Jason? Who would like to do it, Jason? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Glad to do it. Um, Tanya Gray, the unfaithful housewife after Federico Garcia Lorca after Connor O'Callaghan. No one led me to the river, and I was not a virgin, because I had a husband and you those long weekends. In Mobile, I should have stayed. The streetlights weren't on yet as I parked at the restaurant. Ariola's electric body, heat 
diffusing perfume and the cotton of my jeans. You in your fine linen suit, table votive with its aureole of gold, the haze of your eyes. And I forgot my life so fast. Eight hours from the river, past the longleaf pines, scrub palms and billboards. After two glasses of Pinot, I let down my hair. You took off your tie and reached for my hand. My need to kiss you. Your cocksure play, so no coffee, no dessert. Nothing in all of Florida has half the sweetness that night you might have harnessed the winds off the Gulf of Mexico. Winged, unbridled, I play back the murmurs, my body still bitten, you pulled me from the river, entangled Bougainvillea. I was married, yes, but fallen and already yours. Beautiful reading. Beautiful reading. Right on. Yeah, that ending is wonderful. Um, um, I was married, yes, but fallen and Mm -hmm. already yours. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, it sure Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So, at the meeting, we read this and uh, I was swept away mm-hmm. and absolutely adored it. And a couple of people at the table also felt that way. But then, then, ladies and gentlemen, and I decided to bum, pull bum, up bum. to pull up the original poem and just, you know, have a read at that too. And we read that aloud at the table. And the fascinating thing that happened is for some people, it made them even more enamored of this, of Mm -hmm. Tanya Gray's and a couple other people were like, Oh, the Lorca is so incredible. I don't know anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was what prompted us to say, you know what, let's podcast it because that would make a great conversation. Yeah. So I, I have to say, I think I'm hallucinating a recollection of reading this in the slush pile, like seeing it in submittable first. Right. Like, and I honestly, I think it's because it went back and forth by email. So I did send it to you and say, did you think this will make a good podcast? I mean, I just, I did send it to you. I can't remember my first interaction with it. But what I love is the repeated interaction with it mm-hmm. and and just doing a scooch of research into what the Lorca looked like mm-hmm. gave me Lorca. Right. So mm-hmm. not only do I have this poem. Right. I have the Lorca poem. And then we've got the Connor O'Callaghan version. Right. Mm-hmm. So suddenly now I've got these three voices in my head and I actually feel richer for it rather mm-hmm. than frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a that's the place I've, I've landed. Like this doesn't even feel like homage anymore. It feels like an ekphrastic move. Right. Like that right. she is actually making art in in relationship to these other texts. And it's I'm in, right. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. What a terrific way of saying it. I mean, obviously she's taking the female voice here. Yeah. So that alone is a move. She's contemporized it, right? right? We're in Florida. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I should have stayed in Mobile. She's wearing jeans, not right. many petticoats. Right. Right. <laughs> As is in, you know, so yeah, she, it is not... Uh, it's well, speaking key in the to Lorca that after he's... The, the Lorca talks about how she's a... Um, she has a husband after all, though she was still a virgin right. when I led her to the river is the ending of the Lorca. So yeah, so there's that kind of like, you know, she's this um, very innocent woman who's mm-hmm. sort of being 
given the gift of this man's <laughs> sexuality that her husband can't provide. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, as, as you uh, said, when it, when it's in the women's voice and it's like, I actually think oh. that's the beginning of the Lorca. Yeah. Uh, she was still a virgin though. She had a husband is at the top of the original. Yeah. Um, and then again, but either bottom. way, like this is, this also shows you mm-hmm. this, that also contemporizes that she's no mm-hmm. virgin. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, and again, I, I keep loving this notion of like translation and experimentation and ekphrastic maneuvering here. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's like, it's so glorious again, this sort of split attribution at the top too, because it's both Lorca, the original, right. And the translator invoked in this reaction to reimagining of that initial scene and poetic impulse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, yeah. And so my first, my first encounter with the poem, I was, I was really challenged by it, right? Like, how am I supposed to read it? Those are two separate columns. Am I reading mm-hmm. yeah. left to right, up and down? Who's what's happening yeah. here? And it's, and that challenge pushed me out a little the first mm-hmm. time I, I came to it, but then the repeated sort of readings, it really is a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And again, with these, now I've got these multiple voices in my head. Right. Right. And allow me to say that many people at our table, because we do work with students as well as yeah. um, longtime editors, had no knowledge of the other poem. Right. And dug this poem on its own, mm-hmm. like 100 percent without three voices, without any other, you know, mm-hmm. in, yeah. info, information, right. at context, whatever right. we want to say, just this poem on the page. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's important to note. What did you want to say, Brett? Yeah, um, I really liked the two columns, especially after reading the original poem, because the first poem we see um, like a very singular view from one person's perspective. But the second poem, it's like two people now. It's like one person is split in half and you see both sides to the story. And so I think Mm. having two columns represents that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I have been wondering why she made this choice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I would say that um, sort of what Marion was saying about engaging with this poem multiple times, like that's what this demands then, because you go back and you read the Lorca and then you come back to um, Tanya's poem. And that's what I felt like I kept doing um, after you introduced this to us. And then, you know, it just be, kept becoming richer for me. Mm. Um, so I really like that. And I also really like how um, if we do read um, the translation in in the original poem, it does have that sense of like, um, for me, then like a town gossip in a way mm. um, because of the POV. And then with this one, I mean, I think it not it's not just contemporary because of these markers like jeans and these kind of things. It also feels contemporary because of her telling her own story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. great. What a, yeah. what, a great, what a great way to put that. Yeah, yeah. And, and a thing I didn't even think about. Uh-huh. It's also more contemporary because the female gets a voice. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always iffy when it comes to translations because the original poem was translated. And I know that a lot of times the true meaning is lost in translation. So I really hope this is a, 
accurate representation <laughs> of the original poem. Brett, I like that point, though. That I think that's what I meant about the double attribution at the mm-hmm. top, right? Because it's both like attributing Lorca and then attributing the translator. Yes. And like acknowledging that those are two different things. Like yeah. the translation's already an interpretation of the original. So mm-hmm. it's not the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, and that I, again, so the attribution, this whole question that Kathy sort of kicked off with, like homage or poems after you know, a poet or a style or Mm -hmm. a dedication, you know, that, that is such an interesting sort of like maneuver. Mm -hmm. And although that sounds, that's a little bit of a strong word, right. Mm -hmm. But it does um, set the stage for a kind of experience of poems and poetry. So I take your point, like Mm -hmm. you're sort of leery of the translation, but I really love that she sort of acknowledges the, the both of that, like the original and the sort of reinterpretation through the translation and then does her thing with both of them you know i remember my professor was telling me how um his wife is a native spanish speaker but he is not although he learns it so that they could better communicate with each other Mm -hmm. and once they were watching a movie and she there was a scene and she was crying like oh my god it was so beautiful but he was reading the translations and he was like okay (laughs) (laughs) you're like i'm not feeling that yeah (laughs) Right. If we look at just this poem, maybe let's just spend a little time looking at these lines mm-hmm. on their own, you know, um, like as Jason pointed out, that gorgeous uh, two lines at the end. Um, well, look at the, I, let's look I, at the opening too. Like no one led me to the river and I was not a virgin. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. That is like, Take that. <laughs> because I had a husband. And you. <laughs> right? There's the answer. I'm, I'm both married, right? right. And I'm, I'm, you know, not mm-hmm. a virgin because of mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Those long weekends, right? Like it, but it, 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 that, the way she's able to sort of break the thought and the line and extend it is gorgeous. That line has me wondering, why would he think that she was a virgin? Like, did she say she was a virgin or was she so inexperienced that he thought she was or he wanted her to be? I don't I don't know if that's even part of it. I think she's just owning her sexuality. Right. I, I don't think that there's to the Lorca. Yeah, yeah of course. Right. She but I'm saying if, and she's like, yeah, by the way, I wasn't a virgin. Yeah. Right. Right. But <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I think and what even, is the obsession with virginity? Why are people so hung up on it? <laughs> <laughs> Your first time is terrible. Like, just like, uh, I don't understand. Sorry. But it's like she's a husband, so it's not bad that she wouldn't be a virgin. No, of course not. No, I don't. Yeah. uh, yeah. I just think there's an ownership. (laughs) I I think it's what Marion said. I just feel like there's uh, an ownership of her sexuality by saying that, you know? Yeah. No one led me. Right. I I think in the Lorca, there's this kind of sense that, you know, he seduces her and then introduces her to something to sexuality in a way that she'd never known was possible despite having had a husband. Whereas like, she's like, you know, in this poem, that's, that's the re that's part of the reinscription. Right. Right. But she doesn't, I was going to say, I also think that word fallen at the end Mm -hmm. then has this double meaning because the first time I read it, it's like fallen. Like I've already fallen for this, this third person, but it's also like married, yes, but fallen, like already not a virgin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you can read it either way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and my body's still bitten. You pulled me from the river. Is there even a chance that 
you know, he, he, he pulled her. I don't mean that she actually fell in the river, but there's something about that too, that pulled me with, with the tangled book and via. Um, through the whole thing, the, her actions, you know, I let down, I let my hair, I let down my hair, my need to kiss you. You know, she's, she's owning her infidelity. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's a little bit of like his seduction, right. With your cocksure play. So no coffee, no dessert. She's not complaining. So, and you know what? The delight of just looking at the words on the page. Like if you just like slow down and look, um, she's got so many words with double letters. It almost tickles my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just looking from like halfway down the poem. You've got billboards, glasses, took. Right. And watch this need, kiss, coffee. Dessert, right? Like the, mm. the doubleness, 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 the whole way down, almost every single stanza, right? That's Not something. to mention the assonance, right? The 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 vowel sounds that get repeated, right? Yeah. Like kiss, glory. harness. And look at this, right? Bitten, pulled, and then you've got that winged, unbridled in one stanza and tangled bougainvillea. Like the next stanza on the left-hand side, like mm-hmm. the carefulness or the like delightful synchronicity of the way the words look on the page Mm -hmm. freaking tickles like that Mm -hmm. tickles my eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, it's glorious. Great words. (laughs) This poem has great words. This poem has great words. These, these words look nice. (laughs) This poem has prosody. (laughs) This poem has prosody. Check. (laughs) (laughs) Should we vote? (laughs) Yeah. We have two more to talk about. We do. Let's do this thing. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Wait, you mean I don't have to say I don't, my return key doesn't work. Let me text you. <laughs> no, you're just oh, throwing thumbs. Physically here. All right. She's throwing thumbs. Oh, you're so, using thumbs. Yeah, she's here. I'm with here. Me. I'm in Philly, I, Jason. I'm right I want to like turn on my camera and use thumbs now. <laughs> well, if you well, really want I'll to, just, use I'll use the text okay. field. All right. All right. Are you going to, you're going to write to Joe? Sam, are you writing to Joe as well? Or are you going to text me? Um, I, I think I'm going to do it through Zoom. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. All right. All right. Shall we then? One, two, three, vote. And we're waiting for our textures. Come on, interwebs. And it's unanimous. Woohoo! Oh, that does. That makes me very happy. <laughs> I wanted this. Uh, now I'll reveal. I wanted this so bad. Even at the yeah. meeting, I was like, "This has to get out." <laughs> Anybody who said no was just wasn't I throwing elbows, throwing punches? <laughs> I was pull, throwing people out of their chairs, throwing potato chips at them. It was a hot mess. But I win. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tanya Gray, um, Marion. Yes. We are always afraid that you'll be raptured during a reading. Oh, You're right here. Right. So gonna, you can get up this. on this big mic instead of your Yeti at home. My giant Yeti. <laughs> um, okay, Tanya Gray. The second poem in the batch um, is called Duchess, a found poem. If you would just be a better wife, a better mother, like my mother, get off the computer, off the phone, have dinner ready when I get home. If you would just stop spending money, just wash my clothes, clean the blank, pay attention to the kids, stop spoiling the kids, taking their side over mine. If you would just rub my hair, stop playing with the dog, rub my back, would just put the book down, touch my blank. 
just blow me, then go to sleep. If you would just help me with the business, stop acting like my boss, but just leave the business alone, get a job. You make it all about your job. Realize your check doesn't pay the bills. If you would just see I'm not one of your students, see you're just like your mother, you make it all about you. So depressed, such a nutbag. If you would just talk about it, spend time with me, stop talking. I'm trying to watch TV. Just try harder. Be content. Just change. Problem solved. If you just act like you give a damn, care more about what I think, then stop pissing me off, saying fuck all the time. Just fuck me. Initiate. If you would just not bait me and make me yell, stop yelling that I wouldn't yell. Just pay attention to what I'm saying. Not be such a bitch. Just let it go. Grow up. If you just, never mind. It's like talking to the fucking wall. Just die. Stay. Woohoo! Thank you for that dramatic interpretation. The dramatic interpretation. So I'm I am intrigued <laughs> and baffled by this poem, right? So obviously it's my last Duchess, the mm-hmm. Robert Browning reference, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, such a wonderful classic. But then she the attribution is a found poem. Right. Discuss. I 100 percent believe that these are things that get said. By 100%. a modern husband. 100%. 100%. And um, they're just, you know, in a string like this kind of damns the husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's a list of things that are heard in this household. Or a household. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's the husband's point of view or the wife repeating what she thinks her husband thinks of her? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that is a good question. I do think it's the husband's voice because I think he doesn't even realize he's on a, a, I I used to call them fuck rants with a partner of mine. (laughs) I think he would would never do that at me. He would do that about his work. Mm -hmm. He would go on a fuck rant. And that's what this reminds me of. (laughs) And I'm sure that this is not all said at one time. This is a compilation of different complaints, right? But to put them together like this almost embarrasses the husband, I would think. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what begs your question. Like, would any, you know, mm-hmm. is this the wife's interpretation? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think that's where the My Last Duchess reference comes in, right? right? Because that's a guy who's revealing through his own words that he's a monster. Right. That like, as you listen to the guy talking, you're like, oh my God, he killed his wife. He's a lunatic. Um, and so I think that this is the the wife kind of taking, remixing all of the things that the husband says and revealing them to be callous, um, contradictory, and dismissive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it basically all says, why, why aren't you just an extension of me and a robot who does what I ask? Right. right. Okay. So, and this goes, so when Kathy just called it a fuck rant, right. And then I'm remembering the Browning poem, the Browning poem is a classic dramatic monologue. Cause the speaker's actually talking to somebody on like on the stage, so to speak. Right. Like a servant or something has come to him and like with news of his new wife or his next wife or whatever it is. Well, isn't he bringing the portrait of the new wife? No. And then he's hearing uh, the story of how Oh, the last wife was basically killed. Yeah, right. And so, and, and like, it's uh, and it's done by like looking at the portrait of the old wife on the wall, right? So it's sort of like um, he's pointing yeah. at the old wife's portrait, and then you know talking about you know well basically 
confessing to a crime, right? So the payoff in the, dra- the dramatic monologue, the payoff is by the end the end of that poem, you're like, holy shit, it's a confession, right? Right. That, and, and I think it's also a warning. I mean, isn't right. there kind of a suggestion in the Browning that he should be conveying back to the new ju- duchess what not to do mm-hmm. so that he doesn't kill her too? Right. right, right. And then this is kind of like a warning too, like to other women, right? Especially that other part, but it's like an impossible warning. <laughs> Because it's contradictory. And it ends with don't leave me. Right. <laughs> right. It ends with with why why would you leave me? Don't leave me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's again the the sort of the joke of the third to the last line, right? It's it's like talking to a fucking wall. Um to it to my sensibilities is like a great sort of joke about the my last Duchess poem, the painting on the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess what I'm trying to say is like in the Browning. There's there's a surprise, right? There's a it's a delightful surprise when you get to the end. You realize that the speaker's a nut burger. That's the that's the right. delight of a dramatic monologue, right? Right. This is a rant. So what's the surprise? Do you know what I mean? Like right. by turning it into a rant oh, and okay. and like a screed, something gets a little bit lost for me, mm-hmm. right? There is no like is is there movement? Is there surprise? Is there a twist? Is there something uh-huh. beyond uh-huh. the the fuck rant? Right. That's all. Okay. I would argue, uh, again, if we, you know, I'm always saying, uh, look at the poem, let it stand on its own, right? I would argue that it's a reveal. The the surprise is that this husband thinks he is vindicated in every one of these complaints. Mm -hmm. But when they are pared down in this found poem Mm -hmm. to just the complaints, he looks like the nut burger. I see. Right. I the see. reveal is that there's never that this is just like the in the accumulation. You're right. 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 In the right. pile of complaints. Yeah. He reveals. He's dangerous. Right. 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 This well, is why I, I think the turn is stay. That is the very yeah, end when it's true. like. That's true. Too. Don't leave me. Right. Well, but and there's so many contradictions through the whole thing. Why don't you talk about it? Stop talking. Mm-hmm. Right. Um if you would help with the business, leave the business alone. Yeah. Right, right, right. I love this part too. If you would just not bait me and make me yell, stop yelling that I wouldn't yell. It's like, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trickiness of that. Right? Bait yeah. me. Like she's purposely trying to irritate him right. by living her life. Right. right. He sounds so toxic and abusive. Totally. <laughs> totally. She can never please him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I wonder if she knows he thinks this way. What do you What do you make of the long dashes, um, or like the blank the blanks? I didn't know how to read that. I, right? I I think I do. I think it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Clean the yeah. kitchen, bathroom. Insert right. right insert mm-hmm. all the things he's probably asking you to clean. Mm-hmm. Touch my mm-hmm. same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obvious, but there's also many things you might ask her to touch care more about what I think than right mm-hmm. uh, every one of them I think is a blank because there could be so many fill in the blanks I think she's really thought, yeah I thought it was an interesting choice though because there's a lot of specificity in other lines mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I, I do think it, it looks interesting on the page and it, it's a different experience of like hearing it aloud and reading it for sure because of those lines mm-hmm. and you know what 
I also, I am going to agree with the planks. I like the planks because it just makes that pile larger. Mm-hmm. Clean the everything, mm-hmm. right? Like the, the, the list could go on even longer. So I'm not even going to write all the things mm-hmm. that I want you to clean. Or, you know, or mm-hmm. she, if she, if this is actually the wife's mm-hmm. list of things she's overheard, either way, clean the fill in the blank. Because, right. you know, there's always something to clean or needs to be cleaned. I like the indentations after the you. Like Marion did a really good job of reading that. It was, it's kind of like you, not just you. Yes. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was tricky to read too, right? Yeah. So, like, is it exasper- is it exasperation mm-hmm. or, like, venom? Yeah. <laughs> right? And like, I can see him pointing the yeah, finger at you. Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make it all about your job, right? Yeah. That's great, Britt. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you would just, everything hangs on. If you would just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird how he's like, if you would be like my mother. That's so ancestral. Why don't you get your mother? <laughs> <my weirdo?" laughs> but apparently men do look for women who are like their mother. <laughs> right. Unconsciously. And then be more like my mother, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and then you're so like your mother. Mm-hmm. He hates her mother. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And wants her to be more well, like the his Oscar mother. Wilde quote, all women turn into their mothers, which is their comedy and all no men turn into theirs, which is their tragedy. I'm getting that wrong. I'm angling. I don't know. I know that that dating advice people say, look at how your man treats his mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, That'll show you something about your man. uh, What? Jason's going. Do you really want to marry like a dude who's like all about his mom? Who's that all about? Just see how he treats her. Is he always going? She's such a bitch. She's so. Oh, my mom does his complaint. If he's like bitching about his mom all the time, I think I would look askance at that. I'm not saying the opposite, that he should be obsessed with her, but I would want. That's the other part I was saying. Right. I'm saying it's like, uh, you know, this is off. This is off, but when you go out with somebody, and I always pay attention to how they treat the, uh, the wait staff. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. I, I, that so is, that's that all I mean is like uh, a respect and a generosity of heart mm-hmm. toward the mom. I would hope. Yes. Okay, should we vote? I think we shall. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm for it. All right. One, two, three. Vote. Wait, it's in. <laughs> okay, for two for two with Tanya Gray. Thank you so much. Samantha, you know I'm calling you out. You're not gonna get right. you're not gonna get uh <laughs> okay. that's why we're raptured from Portland, I don't think. Well, it's, it's a different kind of rapture. Okay. <laughs> Dear Ozzy. I named all my cities for you in this play of civilization, what you can't know or how millennia collapsed to seconds. I drove to St. Simon's and ate dinner at the same table, but not the same meal. Oceans feed tears to oysters, little tombs of mouth and foot. I knelt in the morning tide and walked from the king and prince to the lighthouse, my ears full of monotonic song. Even still, we fall. Through horizon, not unlike a tunnel, our universe expands like a black balloon. Each life on the bow of its curve, dimensions intertwine. The world is full in every space. 
A broken nautilus unhands the sequence, subsumes with sand. Form is just a bottle, but what if we are each other's? Defined but what we fill or what fills us. Unstable rock, tectonic, what city will rest on you? Ooh, great reading, Sam. Thank you. Thanks. The world is filled with every space. Broken novels. Good work. Yeah, I'm, I'm having, I'm trying to like parse. Okay, slushies, listeners. It's the sound of thinking that you're hearing now. <laughs> you're hearing you, you, some you, you muttering. Should, it, it's, that, that's like your um, Westminster dog show voice. <laughs> All right. And the corgis are going around <laughs> main center. <laughs> uh, Try not to disturb the, the people who are thinking right now, the thinking <laughs> yes. process. <laughs> it's total silence, ladies and gentlemen, because thinking involves silence. All right, this poem is trip-indicular. Trip-indicular. Why? Why so? Okay, so if, if I'm... Okay, so I named all my cities for you in this play of civilization, and then the name of the play is in the second line, what you can't know, or how millennia collapse to seconds, right? So I drove to St. Simon's. I don't really know where that is. Nope. Okay. I don't know. And either. ate dinner at the same table that we used to sit at. I don't know, but sure, not the same sure. meal, right? right? And then here's where it starts to spiral, right? And I use that word on purpose. Oceans feed tears to oysters. And I'm a little bit like, what? Little tombs of mouth and foot. That's the oyster, mm -hmm. right? I knelt in the morning tide because maybe she's digging oysters. I don't know. And walked from the king and prince, sounds like a pub, to the lighthouse. My ear is full of mnemonic song, right? So that's like, again, spiral, right? Like the small thing, meaning the bigger thing. Even still, we fall through horizon, not unlike a tunnel. Interesting image, a little baffling to me. Our universe expands like a black balloon, each life on the bow or bow of its curve. And the curve is super interesting because it's pointing backwards to the sort of spiraling of the mnemonic thingy, right? And then forward into dimensions intertwine. The world is full in every space. And now go to thinking, thinking of the curve, a broken Nautilus unhands the sequence. And right there, it's like, oh shit, she's talking about what is that? The golden mean Fibonacci's ratio. That's the, the spiraling yeah. seashell, right? Sequence, right. Yeah. The sequence, right? So the unhands the sequence subsumes with sand. Now it's Ozymandias. Form is just a bottle, right? But what if we are each other's defined by what we fill or what fills us? Now I'm out, right? Unstable, rock, tectonic. What city will rest on you? Right. And so I love the last image, what city will rest on you, because that is squarely Ozymandias, Oz Ozymandias right? Like the destroyed city, the, the, the statue in the sand. Mm -hmm. What I love are the, the layering image of spiral, 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 spiral. Right. Uh, and repetition and variation from from place into time and timelessness. But man, do I, I have a little trouble tracking that. I don't, I don't get, I mean, can you, can you explain what city will rest on you? Like I'm totally with Ozymandias in like the first like four lines or so, but then by the end in like, cause the statue remains, the statue right? Remains, it's a desert. Right? There's nothing there. It's exactly. not that like he's interred 
It's the first line. I named all my cities for you in this play of civilization. And if Ozymandias is about the destruction of the civilization and what the remainder is, is, is only uh -huh. the statue, then the dust is the city in a way, right? Like it's the, uh -huh. it's like, it's dust on yeah. top of dust. You guys, yes. um, Joe, our wonderful sound engineer is also our internet explorer. <laughs> and um, St. Simon's is a town in Georgia. Georgia. And the uh, King and Prince is a resort in oh, Georgia. Okay. So we're and we're in Georgia. Does that help? Does it help us with this? The it helps me because I feel like that the place of Ozymandias before it is destroyed is like this luxury empire. <laughs> and like in some way, right. like that first like stanza kind of like is a well, I'm I'm reading it as a as a woman's voice, like like taking part in like a luxe empire. Like she can go out to dinner, like, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's, it feels like, yes, the Ozymandias is in the desert, but it's by water, right? The Nile. So like, mm -hmm. this is also by water. And I think it has that feel to it. This like choosing of like what our civil, what civilization we will be remembered for. Mm. I just love this poem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you can you keep going? Yeah, I think that also with the the spiraling and what I would have to say about this this poet is just the timeliness of like the all these poems like now I know we usually don't like to think about them together but they're all doing something that I think is very current and I think like um, across different mediums right now, this, this, this feeling of like different dimensions and, and time and how, what is time is, is, is all right here in this poem. Um, and this idea that, uh, what happened in the past could happen again. And there's that, it, this actually also makes me think of a line that's often attributed to Mark Twain, but is not Mark Twain's, I believe. And it's like, um, history does not repeat, but it rhymes. Mm -hmm. And that's what this feels like to me, mm -hmm. a rhyming, which feels like a spiraling. Nice. Nice. Really well done. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Good reading. Right on. Right on. Right on. So that actually helps me with the second, well, the puzzle for me at the end, the questions, right? Form is just a bottle. But what if we are each other's implied bottle, right? Like we're containers for each mm -hmm, other, mm -hmm. right? Defined by what we fill or what fills us, right? Like, are you the dancer of the dance? Now that's not Ozymandias, right? But like the, that Yates reference mm -hmm. or like that question of like the boundaries of the self and the soul and the, the self and the other, like it's so beautifully embedded in that question, even though that question's sort of like prick, it's difficult. Like it's mm -hmm. a prickle, right? Mm -hmm. Unstable rock tectonic, but the city will rest on you. Dang, Samantha, that was a good reading. <laughs> I feel like I want to invoke um, Tim Fitz, though. Right? Okay. Why? Why? Go for it. Why do we need those first two sentences? First two lines. Why? Why is the play of civilization and its title important to where this goes? Which is all my cities, space, for you. place, time. What do you think?
Well, it kind of works. It does. It actually does. Right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like trying to be, take uh, I'm back. trying to be ornery. I'll take it back, Tim. Well, in a certain way, I keep trying to read this poem the same way I read the first two poems. Mm, it's not and it. clearly they demand to be read in like very different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, each of the poems demand to be read in very different ways. Um, but the reading Samantha did of, you know, how this kind of like spirals out, it's very associative. And mm-hmm. like a lot of it sort of, is is more like pinballing off of other ideas rather mm-hmm. than kind of, you know, making a linear argument. Mm-hmm. I think like this really small move. I just think she's, uh, all of these poems, what they have in common for me is how well-crafted they are, let alone mm-hmm. that they're all, you know, um, conversations with other poems. But our universe expands like a black balloon. Right. And that's where we get a stanza break. Right. Right. Even that little... Little moment there is just lovely. Each life on the bow of its curve. Yup. That's kind of delicious. Should we vote? I think we should. I vote, we vote. You vote, yeah. we vote? Can we vote on voting to vote? <laughs> I vote that Wait, we vote. We're in the spiral. <laughs> That's officially in the spiral. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 again, I think that Samantha's reading about images and spirals and rhymes is a key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think we have the the St. Simon's reference and like the naming of our cities is like by these, the people of the past and like sort of, you know, how there's, there's some, there's some count of how many cities in the world are named Alexandria. Right. Uh-huh. And in the U S how we have so many cities named after like, you know, our, our colonial past um, cities and, and things like that. I also think ultimately that is a choice and like that also like what city will rest on you also is, is saying that we actually have some power of picking that. Well, I, okay, and that I keep going back to that mnemonic song thing, right? Which is my ears are full of mnemonic song is such an interesting, baffling little detail. I and don't I think get it. That, but I think that links with what Samantha's saying too. Like, especially like if Saint Simon's is like one place in many places, right? Like these images are also like, you know, ways of remembering other things. Like this image is going to remind you of another image, right? And so like, mm-hmm. you know, like this, the sound of a place is going to remind you of these other places. Uh-huh. Is I there think, something about the ocean? Maybe. I mean, we are at the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and just that like Marion's constant... like, King and Prince sounds like, sounds like a pub. Like, right. yes. And I'm like, oh yeah, maybe I've been to somewhere like with one of those words in it. Right. Yeah, Sure. But you know, the ocean is just a presence when you're at yeah. the ocean. That sound is always there right. as your backdrop. Right. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah. About. Yeah. But what's a back back me up a minute before we vote, and then we will. I swear. What's a mnemonic? Min- I can't say it. A mnemonic. It helps you remember Num- something. Right. Like right. Richard of York gained battles in vain to remember the colors of the rainbow, or right. um, oh, Americans say word be jib. Or GBIV? I learned I learned another one. Or GBIV. Oh, um, right? Right. What's what's the one for give Ed Lemons not donuts is the books of the Old Testament? Oh, oh nice. Donuts. Yeah, and donuts come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a title. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the, I'll leave it with that and then we should to for me, the the vote, right? Like the mnemonic device then, right, is doing this memory thing the rhyming thing that sam was talking about Mm -hmm. right 
Right. And she has been here before she's coming back. Right. Repetition. Right. So, right. Re- recollection. Right. Cool. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Let's throw thumbs. Ready? One, two, <laughs> three. <laughs> and it's unanimous. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, Tonya Gray. Dear Ozzy. It's good. Three out of three. I love it. Yep. You know, she and I have actually even texted getting ready for this. Mm. I think I might even text her right now. Would that text be fun? Right I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah. You guys talk about yourselves for a minute. I'm going to say, guess what? Do it, They're do all three. Dear. Dear Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that one. Put put down your phone. Mm-hmm. I want to take a picture of you. Take oh, okay. Let me wait. adjust those. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the collection is going to be called, Kathy? I can look that up for you. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, I'd like to get my hands on that. Oh, isn't that great? It's this fall, and I remember that it was something called Yes, Yes Press. Because, oh, yes, yes, Press because I loved yeah. I loved the, that name. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. great. Yeah. And she wrote back immediately, oh, that's awesome. Yay. <laughs> you just made my day. We'll see how many texts we get. Yeah. Yippee. <laughs> Awesome. That's a nice touch. Um, Talk among yourselves. What does anybody have anything else to say? What are you reading? Uh, Sam, why are you in Portland? I am in Portland for Tin House um, Fiction Workshop with Karen Shepard. That is so exciting. How wonderful. I am very excited. But it it doesn't start for another week, so I'm going to have a week to, like, explore and, you know, uh, kind of discover the city a bit because I haven't been here before nice. um, and eat donuts like Jason said. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Do you, right. you just have to, like, work your way through that entire menu. Yeah. I keep looking online and there are yeah. so many places. So as um, Jason mentioned earlier, AWP was in Portland, the last AWP. And the next AWP is going to be in San Antonio, Texas. Oh. Um, and I was lucky enough to be in Austin, Texas over the weekend. And mm-hmm. which isn't very far from San Antonio. And I was clocking the distance because um, when we it's go. It's like an hour and a half. It's not that far. It's, it's like you, an hour and a half drive. But, it's not that close. It's like Philadelphia and New York. That's not that's that not bad. Far. That's, listen, <laughs> listen, you. So um, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want us to rent a van and go visit Schaefer Hall in Austin. Oh. Right? Because Schaefer and his brother Dick and Andrew Porter have um, opened a fantastic craft beer bar called The Front Page. And it's in East Austin, and it's about a 10-minute drive from the airport. Um, so why don't we all fly in and out of Austin oh. and then drive to San Antonio? And we can, like, spend a day drinking with Schaefer at The Front Page on either end of our AWP trip. This is what I, this is what I suggest <laughs> for the editorial team. There, yeah, well— Okay. I'm down. Okay, great. Yeah, and they named the bar after the Jack Lemon film, The Front Page. Oh. Right? Which is, I think, a remake of the His Girl Friday. Do you guys know that movie? Rosalind no. Russell and no. I can't yeah. remember the dude's name. So we it's have so time, many plans. Yeah. So Sam, go to uh, Frontier Square. Okay. Only so that, because I know that that is where this really great wine bar is with this lovely man who will take you on wine tours right there. You just sit on a stool and he takes you on a tour. 
Yes. Okay. And he does all Very sorts cool. of tricks with rolling the bottles. And it's yeah. just super, super, it's and then, a total experience. And it's right by Frontier Square. Wh- and then we okay. went to some like um, sushi restaurant that was at the top of the building. Yes. And then another steak restaurant that was at the top of the building. Oh, that one's, I liked where we went that had that amazing view actually yeah. better than that sushi place. Me you know, too. that sushi place was like really high so end. I want to say it's like something Capital Grill, which is not the chain though. Right. right. But oh, it's, okay. it's at the top of a tall building. It's one of the tall, taller buildings in Portland. And it gives you oh. like a draw, jaw dropping view of yeah. the city and the mountain. And Mount St. Helens. Right. It's I mean. Which mountain is it? Oops. What mountain is it? Hood. 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 Mount Hood. Hood. <laughs> and, um, Duck. and it's really, really old. <laughs> it's OK. All right. Drop it. And it's uh, a really old place and it still feels yeah. like this old bar. Like it doesn't feel like a touristy trap place. It feels like an yeah. old local. Like get you know? there, get there for happy hour. Get a window seat. Watch the sunset okay. against Mount Hood. Like it's right. going to set over your shoulder, okay. but turn the mountain it's pink cold. if it's visible. Right. This is, okay, yeah. wait. What is the name of this place? I want to say it's like the Capitol. Yeah, okay. she's right. It made me think of Capitol Grill as well. Okay. Um, if you put in roof bars or something like that, yeah. you'll get mm-hmm. it too. But look for okay, Capitol. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to be here for, um, and and my partner is here too, and uh, we're going to be here for um, Fourth of July. Oh, fun! Which is interesting because, like, I don't actually know anyone in Portland, so I feel like I usually think of Fourth of July. Like when I'm home, I'm usually like in Philly or New York or something. Right. So I think we'll be kind of like tourists to this Fourth of July experience of Portland. You know? Yeah, I totally get that. I would go to the highest point available. <laughs> And, like watch, and, and watch the city, watch the city blow up in fireworks, right? Go to the Rose, go to the rose Garden. Uh, go to the Rose Garden. Joe says go That's to the, the Rose Garden. The yeah? Okay. Oh, okay. Good. good, good, good. Thank you all. This is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping that I could, I'm scrolling through all of the emails, um, trying to find the title of that book, but her name is Tanya Gray, G-R-A-E. Okay. And, and it's Yes, Yes Press, and it's coming out in the fall. Okay. All right. My eyes peeled for that, too. Wonderful. Oh, it's called Undoll. U-N-D-O-L-L. What a great title. Yeah. I, I'm scrolling through this thread, and I was like, oh, I was just texting her. I'll text her again. <laughs> so, yay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Slushies, for listening. Thank you, um, editors, for chiming in and, and um and this was a great, yeah, great conversation. Yay, thank you, All Tanya. Right. Thank you, keep, Tanya. Keep reading. Woohoo! Bye, Slushies. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>